0: Okay, everybody, a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, more importantly, a good Chodesh, and a good Nerve Shabbos. A bit of a short shear today, uh, for many reasons. First of all, because my svarim are still in boxes, uh, and because you guys are all busy uh, with your families, and I hope you enjoy that. Um, And uh, so we just wanted to, you know, a couple of minutes on the Parsha, uh, you know, to keep this going, Uh, and and also some of my, uh, one of my favorite vorts. One of my favorite words that I heard in yeshiva uh, in this week's Parsha. But either way, so I wanted to get something down uh, so you guys can listen to when you're, I don't know, cleaning up all of the, the extra turkey. Uh, parsha's told us basically Yitzhak, 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 parsha. Parsha. Uh, he's, he's obviously not really the star, but it starts off with a bit about Yitzhak, right? That he has, Rivka has a difficult pregnancy, right? Esau and Yaakov are born. Right, and then we kind of, uh, you know, with it, we see glimpses of Yitzchak, and then obviously we shift into the, uh, the Esav and Yaakov situation for the Bechorah. Yaakov sells the, uh, uh, Esav sells the birthright uh, to Yaakov, there's a famine, Yitzchak goes down to Gerar, uh, there's fighting over the wells that Yitzchak digs, uh, Avimelech affirms a brisk with Yitzchak, um, Esav gets married actually twice in the Parsha, once in the middle, once at the end, uh, this whole story, obviously, uh, you're familiar with, with the brachos and Yaakov right, uh, tricking Yitzchak, quote unquote, into giving him the brachos. Uh, Yaakov is told to run away to Lavan and then, and as-, uh, as I said, Esav marries again. Uh, he goes to yishmael and takes a couple of wives over there uh, at the end of the partial. So just a couple of vorts um, because, you know, obviously there's a, trem- a tremendous amount to talk about. Uh, but we'll just do, I think, three. Uh, that are really meaningful. First of all, uh, the Puzzle says, right, right obviously, Esau comes back from the field, he's tired at the beginning of the Parsha. and he says, Give me that soup, that lentil soup that uh, Chazal said Yaakov was uh, cooking because. Avraham passed away, and there was, a, it was it's a mourners type of food. Okay, so anyways, Esav wants some soup, and it was red. The soup was red, and the Pazig then finishes off and says, "Al king Edom." Therefore, we call Esav's name right, Edom, and that's his nation. That's his nation. That's his country. Right? The Chumash calls him uh, Edom. Now, I always thought when I was growing up, and really until recently, uh, that I never really paid much attention. I thought Esav was called Edom because he was born with red hair. Right, the Puzzle says, right, right? It says, the Puzzle says he was born with red hair. And Raji says, that was a sign that he was going to be a murderer, right? That's, that's a, that was his nature. He was red, he was murderous, etc. But the Torah here seems to say, or not seems to say, it says straight out that he was called Edom because he asked for the red soup. And that's a little weird because it doesn't seem like a big deal in the grand scheme of things right to name his country and his nation after a soup <laughs> it's a little bit odd and, and 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 you know what's going on meaning what's the what's the Torah trying to tell us that Al King Koroshimo Edom what's, what's the point when the Torah says this is why Esau was called Edom this was Esau you know this is the quintessential story about Esau so wh- what's going on over here so i thought afterwards that it actually makes per- perfect sense because it doesn't say right it doesn't say it doesn't say that, Esav said, give me this red soup, and therefore he was called red. It says three words in between that, right? It says, Esav says, give me this red soup because I'm tired. Meaning, I'm tired now. I want soup now, right? Esav's whole world outlook, right, was for the here and now, right, as, as if you read Rashi's at the beginning of the Parsha, throughout that whole story, right, at the beginning with the soup, etc., In the Bechorah, but right, Rashi explains it throughout the narrative, right, Esau wasn't interested in the Bechorah, right, he says, the he says, right. he was concerned about the birthright, which would, Rashi says, which would entail possible punishments of death for different, you know, infractions, like, you know, going to the Besamekdash, doing avodah, Besamekdash while drunk, etc., basically said, I'm going to get my descendants killed for all of this? Right? What do I need this for? So he chucked it. As the pastor says, it was disgusting to him. He wasn't interested. Right? He was. It's, it's going to be a disaster for me down the line. So he wasn't called Edom because of his red hairs, right? by the nature of which he was born with, but by his actions and his outlook later in life. Right? Later and already when he was older, he was only focused on the here and now. He was tired. He wanted soup. That's what, That Therefore we call him soup. Pretty much. We call him soup because that's what he wanted. That was what was more valuable to him than the years of service in Beis HaMikdash and, and being the firstborn, et etc. et cetera. Right? Because the, even though he had the potential to be a murderer, right, as Rashi says, Rashi says that it was a sign that he was going to be a murderer, but it was only a sign right it, w- it wasn't didn't he didn't have to be a murderer right and it calls into if people are familiar Gemara says at the end of misela Shabbos, that a per- fascinating Gemara, that a person born under mars right again talking about the constellations uh, and the planets and whatever so that, that person is destined to spill blood so that doesn't necessarily mean though that he's going to kill people right he could be either a murderer obviously or he could be a shochit, he could be a moel, right just because Esau had those tendencies right didn't mean he needed to act on them In a negative way, and this is a tremendous, tremendous muster. That we are called by our actions, not by our nature, right? Again, everybody struggles with different things, right? And the thing, honestly, the thing you struggle with is probably why you were put on this earth to begin with, right? To be mekadi shem shemayim with your specific, unique struggle, right? As Ramban says, right? We talked about the Ramban by the Akedah. The purpose of a test is to bring potential right into reality, right? All the potential in the world is wonderful, but until it's actualized, right, it's not as valuable. Right, as it could be. So we all have tendencies that we are born with, right? and they are theoretically all neutral. Right? Someone born under Mars has a tendency to spill blood. Now that could be used for good, as we said, to be a mohel, or for bad, rahman al right? to be a murderer. Right? It's up to us how we use them. Right? And the way we use them is how we're going to be remembered. And that's how Esau was called. He was called Edom because he wanted soup. Kiaye fanochi, because I'm tired. Right? That was his essence. Right? that's what he chose. Right, obviously he was tired from murdering, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, doing all these averos. Right, if you look at the Chazals over there, that that was his essence. That that's all he focused on, um, and that is obviously you know something that we t- take to heart, uh, and and realize that we have the koch, even though we have certain tendencies, we can we can choose what to do with those kochos, uh, and those challenges. Okay, um, the second word I just wanted to throw out is one of one of my favorites. I heard from. Uh, Rav Yishayi Kenigsberg. when I was in Yeshiva when it was Shunabat. He gave schmoozes uh, to the Shunabed- er, betters, and I never forgot it. I never forgot this vort. I, I still try and look around to see if it was... I don't remember if he quoted someone. Uh, it's not in the the Shalom. Uh, it's not in... Uh, um, what did I, where else did I look today? I don't remember. Uh, it's whatever. Talkless, it's Ravishai Königsberg, basically based on Rashi and the Sissich The Puzak says, very underrated Puzak, two couple of psukim that we probably skip over when we read all the other exciting things uh, in this Parsha. The says that Isaac got married, ready He married two women at first, right? Basmas and Yehudis. And the Puzak says, Vatiena Moras Ruach li Yitzchak And they bothered Yitzchak. <laughs> And Rivka. And Rashi there says, what were they doing? They were do, worshipping idols. They were over to Vodazara. Sisikham, right, on the Rashi says, what, how do you know that? Where did you get that from? It right, doesn't say anything about that uh, in the right, again, you could right, There are hints, the Chazal talk about, okay, the smoke that would, would bother, okay, whatever they were doing, the Ketores, the to their Vodazara, doesn't say anything about that in the Pussek. Oh, Basma's, okay, fine. She was named after the Bosom, the, the, the Bosomim that she would uh, raise to her Vodazara. But what does Rashi know? moras right? ruach That they bothered, Yitzchak and Rivka, that it was their Vodazara that bothered them. So uh, the um, the Sischa Cham says, because you look at the wording in the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Vatiana Moras Ruach, Li Yitzchak Ularivka, to Yitzchak and to Rivka. First of all, Mary mentions Yitzchak first. Okay, you got to mention somebody, somebody first, but it doesn't say, Le Yitzchak Virivka, right? It says, Le Yitzchak meaning, if I would say to you, that, that uh, you know, Shlomi is bothering, uh, Steve and Jake. Okay, that would imply that, there, he's bothering Steve and Jake equally. But, if you'd say, Shlomi is bothersome to Steve, and to Jake, right? That would imply that, he bothers them differently. On different levels, right? So that's what it says over here. Right? It says that they bothered Yitzchak. It was bothersome to Yitzchak and to Rivka, right? Uli um, Rivka li Yitzchak uli Rivka, implying that they bothered them differently. Says What's the only avera that could bother Yitzchak and Rivka differently? That must be a vodazara. Why? Because Rivka grew up in a house of a vodezara. She grew up in a house of a vodazara. Now, how many days? how many years did she spend there? Okay, according to one opinion, it was only three years, and obviously she wasn't worshipping Avodah vodazara. but Takla she grew up in a house of Avodah Zara, and that was enough to desensitize her, right, to this avera, this aver, that she was slightly desensitized, slightly less bothered, bothersome, or she was bothered slightly less than Yitzchak. Which is wild, because obviously Rivka is one of our imos right? And the fact that you say that she wasn't bothered by Avodah Zara so much, I mean, that's a wild statement. But you see that what happened. What 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 is what do you see from this, the right? Chora, that that the influences that a person has, right, can uh, can affect them. That uh, the influences that people, you know, that that uh, that are around somebody, even though you don't realize it, the things that are going on around you, right, is is pashtus is is uh, something that affects a person tremendously, um, and you know we see this all over, all over chumash and we, and, and Torah and, and this Musr is is all over the place. Uh, you know we have uh, Yalkut Shimoni in the first pasuk Right, a person. I don't have it in front of me, but a person walks with Rishayim. Right, they end up standing with leitzim and sitting with leitzim. I forget exactly the phrase. Ashrim Misho lo halach ba'atzas and I forget how it finishes. But long story short, there's a progression in the first pasuk. It says, praiseworthy is someone who doesn't walk with rishayim and stand with sinners and sit with leitzim, with bums. So it says the al right if a person walks with rishayim, he'll end up standing with them and then eventually he'll end up sitting with them. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Rav Melech quotes... Uh, uh, in Parshas Balak, he quotes again. I think the are who says the pasuk Hinei Am Yitzami Mitzrayim, Hinei Aretz. that Balak is talking to Bilam, trying to get him to come and curse the Jews. And he says that check it out. There's a nation that's come out of Egypt, and they're covering the entire expanse of the land. And they, you can, as far as the eye can see, they they're covering the land. But it says the Rambam's Rebbe, if you just take the actual literal meaning of the words, Hinei right, Am There's a nation that comes out of Egypt. Right? If you want to get out of Egypt in Haaretz, cover the eyes of the land, meaning cover your eyes from seeing the land, right? That's the literal meaning of the puzzle. person wants to get out of Egypt, cover your eyes, right? Be careful about what you see. Right? And there's another Pasuk, there the quotes, right? for the Pesach says, Yudah and Tamar. It says when, when Yudah goes to, uh, to pay Tamar for the services rendered, so he sends somebody with a goat, and they asked the people in the town, town,Aye hakkadesha, hebam right? in the context of the story, it says where is, it means where is the zona that was here on the crossroads?" But he says, "Look at the wordsAye hakkadesha, where is the kadusham right It's in a person's eyes right? guarding a person's eyes and the things that they see and therefore consume and that they're influenced by right, is the key to Kedusha. Right? obviously Shemir Sinnaheim is a whole schmooze uh, for guys, but for everybody right for the things that you see with your eyes influence your minds right They say the eyes are the window into the soul that's mom is true right uh, what you allow your eyes to see is an undeniable influence on what you think and how you think right Again someone who hasn't watched countless hours of, of Hollywood entertainment right thinks differently than someone who hasn't right? someone who's watched influences on social media. Uh, and other and you know other apps and whatnot on the phone it has an effect on a person right the, the media that you consume right where I say it all the time we're careful what we consume with our mouths but we have to be careful about what we consume with our eyes and our minds as well and if you don't think it affects us so this is you know Rashi says Rashi right sure enough the avodah Zara in Rivka's house affected her right one of the most right so much so that the avodah Zara of her daughter in law upset her slightly less than it did Yitzchak. Right, so we have to be very careful about the influences that we, that we surround ourselves with. Right? There's a Rashbam, I like to quote, there's a Rashbam in, in Bava Basra. In Bava Basra, Zion says that if a person has an option to take two routes to work, and one of them has modest women dressed on it, and one of them has immodest women dressed on it, obviously, as you might imagine, you can't go down the road that has immodest women, you just take the other road that, that has modest women. says Rashbam, even if he closes his eyes, Amazing, amazing. Even if that per- the person closes his eyes, it's not even an issue of the histaklos. It's not even the looking. It's because you put yourself in a position to be influenced when an alternative exists. That's that's a problem, right? Again, I, I don't know. You guys know the influences better than I do, right? Think about the things that you consume, right? If it could affect one of the emojos, so then it can affect obviously each and every one of us, right? Uh, thousands and thousands of times over. Okay, last word for today, um, and that is, and again, uh, kind of a, a topic we've mentioned previously, uh, but obviously requires mentioning over and over and over and over and over until we really, uh, probably for the rest of our lives, really, until we truly, truly uh, are able to internalize, um, that everything is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Everything is from a Baruch Hu. We are supposed to do our eshtadlus, but really everything is from Akash Baruch Hu. says, right, by talking about Yitzchak's uh, exploits in Gerar, it says over there, V'yizra Yitzchak v'Eretz Ahi, Positive is where you get the word, the famous street me'asharim. This is where it comes from. V'yizra Yitzchak v'Eretz Yitzchak planted in that land. me'asharim. And he found in that, in that year, he found a hundred times, a right, hundred gates, a okay, hundred times, a hundred times what he was supposed to right, have have uh, have uh, have reaped right? Rashi says over there. Why does it say that that in that land and in that year? Because the land was tough; it wasn't doing so well, and and the year was tough. and right? There was a famine as well. Right? Because that's where he went to grow. So not only first of all, the, the land wasn't really great land, and it was a bad year. It was a famine. Still, the Kosh Hu gave him five times, a hundred times over, and at the end of the pasuk, and Hashem Hashem uh, blessed him. Says Ramelech Biderman, an awesome diok. It says, and reminiscent of the Gemara in Megillah, the beginning of Megillah. Gemara says, uh, the, the puzzle says, and then we'll get to the Gemara in a second. puzzle says, Yitzchak right? planted, and then V'yimtza, he found a hundred times what he should have. Okay, fine. what is what is the word found? What do you mean found? When you find something, that's luck. You're just walking down the street and you find a $20 bill. What do you mean found? It should have said he planted and then he reaped or he... He acquired, or whatever, so if he gathered, he reaped, he reaped. What do you mean he found? So this is reminiscent, and he doesn't quote this directly, but it's reminiscent. The Gemara in Megillah, I think it's Davav, Yagati Matzati Tamin, that a person is working hard, Yagati, put an effort to learn Torah, and then he says, Matzati, and I found, I found success, so you should believe that person. But if they didn't put an effort, then you shouldn't believe that person. What it says, I, think, I forget whose who's word it is. It's a famous word. I think it's uh, Michelle Salanter, but it could be uh, could be of Desler. I, I don't remember. What do you mean, Yagati right? Umatzati? A person puts in the work to try to understand the Torah. So what do you mean, Umatzati? Umatzati means I found it. He finds it, then you should believe him. If a person works and then finds something that you should believe, what do you have? finding something has nothing to do with working. Right? You work for something and you earn it. You don't find it. So that's the same idea that Akash Baruch Hu wants us to put in the effort and then he gives it to us as a gift. He gives it to us as a metzia, right? whatever we're working towards. Right? R- Rav Melech quotes the Kedish Yom Tov, that uh, so the Pazik says in Mishle, Ki Biracht HaShem tells here. He tashir. When Akash Baruch Hu blesses us, that's how we become wealthy. Right? We need to put in the shtalas, but a blessing comes from Akash Baruch What right? We have to do. That's what Adam got cursed with. Mankind has to work. Right? But the parnasah, Hashem blesses us. It's a metzia. Is, is something we find. It's right? a gift from Shemayim. And you see this later in the parsha also. Pazik says that Rivka told Yaakov, right? when Yaakov was going to go take the, the Bechorah from Esav, Rivka goes and tells Yaakov to get her a couple of goats, Right, so she could prepare the food, right, et cetera, right, that just like Yitzchak liked, okay, et cetera. So it's Shalom, the Rodamskarev, again, Remelach quotes the Rodamskarev, he says, the entire operation hinges on Rivka's dish. Right? Who cares who gets the goats? Right, go get for me a couple of goats. Who cares who gets the goats? Right, the whole thing is bringing Yitzchak food that he will think that was ch- trapped by Esau, exactly like he likes. Right, the whole thing, Yaakov hasn't spent a day in the kitchen. Right? Who cares? Right? Rivka is doing everything. Right? She's making the dish. She's putting the the, the wool the, on his hands, the, the hair on Yaakov's hands. Right? She's the orchestrator here. Right? Who cares who goes and get the? Why doesn't Torah even tell me? Right? Who got the goat? Send the servant. Get a goat. What's the difference? So the answer is. So one answer is, and then the dumb script it kind of takes it a step further. One answer answer is is that that was all Yaakov could have done in that moment. He had no ability to cook, he didn't know how to prepare food like that, so he did the only thing he could do. That was his Ishtad that was literally the only thing he could do, otherwise he would have just been a bystander. But the Rebdamska Rebbe says even better, he says that this is really a message to all of us, that when we think we can't do something, and I'd imagine, I'm just guessing, conjecture, that Yaakov definitely thought he had no ability to deceive his father. Again, that seems clear from the story, he's very reluctant. Uh, you know, read between the lines, or even just read the lines themselves. He's not an espionage major. He's not an espionage major, right? He's not, he's some scrawny yeshiva kid who has no idea how to do this stuff, right? The titan MS Yaakov, uh, Yaakov is pure MS. He has no idea, he's very out of his element. So if a person feels like that, right, that they can't accomplish something, and say spiritually, and this was very necessary spiritually, that Am Yisrael should get the brachos, right? If a person feels like they can't accomplish spiritually, Right? And you're afraid to even open your mouth, right? Because Akash Baruch Hu hates you for whatever of era that you think that you did or whatever. And you think that Akash Baruch Hu doesn't want to hear from you and, and and you know, you just know that you won't even come close to one percent of what you're supposed to be doing in this mitzvah or halacha or whatever, this is a message to us this is a message to us that we should just do whatever we can. Right, the message of the parallel here to us, Rivka is and Yaakov is, is each and every one of us. Rivka says, Lech Kachli, come, go, go, get for me. Go get for me a goat. Just do whatever you can, right? The only thing you can do right now is bring me the goat. I'll take care of the rest, right? And Rivka, sure enough, she does, she cooks, and she dresses him up nice, and etc. etc. This says their dumpscare, right, is, is the message to us in this pasuk? And he just says, and that's, for example, why we say at the beginning of davening, right? This is. If you want a practical example, you can think about from, from every time we start davening, we say, "Hashem, open my mouth and my uh, open my lips, right? And my mouth will sing your will say your praises." Uh, you ever think about what that means? Wait, how can our mouths actually say Akash Baruch praises? Right? Can we even begin to talk about Akash Baruch praise? Not not by ourselves, but only if Hashem opens our mouth. So we the first thing we say is Hashem. We can't do this by ourselves. Open my mouth, and then I'll do it. Right, help open my mouth for me, and that's what, and then we start, and that, that's literally how we start davening. Right, Hashem, please help me do what I'm about to do. So we do our istadlus, we open our mouths, right, and we ask Hashem to open our mouths and have, be able to say the words. And that, and then Hashem baruch takes care of the rest. Right? this service Melech is all a baruch Hu asks asks of a person just to do whatever they can. And right? Hashem doesn't ask us to win. He just asks us to try. And Ramelech makes a beautiful diuk from the story of the wells. If you look later in the wells, right, he just kind of dug a bunch of wells. Right? Sometimes there was no water. Right? Sometimes uh, he, there was fighting with the klishnim over the wells. Right? And, and you know, the Hasidic Shereb is talking about this being a remez a hint towards our fight with the Eitzahara, right? Fighting over well springs, right? springs of Torah, right? Rav Melech's own publication is called Be'er Parsha, which is springs of Torah, right? Wellsprings of Parsha, whatever. So that it, it's, a, it's a metaphor for us, for, for you know, our fighting uh, to make sure we fight over the Torah. But if you notice the Psukim, it says that Yitzchak dug, dug a well, Vayarev Aleha, they fought with him. They dug another well, Vayarev Gamaleha, they fought with him. It says, Rav it doesn't mention who won. It, it, the implication is that they had a fight, and like moved on. he kind of like, okay, I'm out. But it doesn't mention who won the the fight, who owned the wells afterwards. It says, The Iker is to fight, right, is to do whatever we can. And that says the Qaskara, that's what the Torah tells us, that Yaakov was grabbing onto Esau's heel. right? What, did Yaakov really think that he could pull Esau back into the womb? right? They're fighting over the birthright in the womb, and Esau goes out first, and Yaakov grabs his heel. Like, What? <laughs> It says the cutscene. K- if a person is miyayish, if a person gives up, that's only because they think that they're the ones in charge. When a person gives up hope or gives up whatever they're doing, that's because they think that they can't do anything. Well, they, That person is not realizing that Akash Barco is the one who does things. I mean, it makes no sense to give up. We do what we can, and Akash Barco does the rest. That's how everything works, spiritually, financially, physically, everything. That's how it works. So when a person, if a person does what he can, a kochbarkel does the rest, and then a person doesn't get stressed. Right, why they can't do more? Now obviously I'm not saying that a person should just sit back and you know not lift a finger. Do whatever is able for you to do, and then a kochbarkel takes care of the rest. So Yaakov thought he was losing the Bechorah, and obviously this is all you know the message to us, right? Because obviously a baby in the womb doesn't think you know whatever. All right, but anyway, so. Yaakov thought he was losing the bechorah, so he did the only thing he could. He grabbed Esav's heel, and for us that seems ridiculous. But sure enough, Hashem arranged it that Yaakov would get the bechorah through all those events later on. And for, again, for us, it might seem like things are going bad, and the only thing we can do is grab somebody's heel. If that's all you can do, I right, said so that's all you should do, right? And sure enough, Hashem will arrange things. It right? says Rav Melech, right? When things look bad, it looks like all the gates are closed to us. Whatever we do, whatever we can. Right, we, whether that's davening, or giving stucca, or doing chesed, or whatever, learning some Torah, whatever it is. And Yenakash Baruch will assist us in supernatural ways to move things around, to cause whatever we need to happen to happen. Finally, one more word, and this is what the Chavetz Chaim says we also learn from the wells. That, that Yisrael dug the wells and didn't find water, found water, had a fight with the Plishdim. He kept going right, until he found a well that they didn't fight him on. Right, that's at the end. He called it Rechovot, That the streets, right? He called it, the, I don't know if that's exactly what the translation he had in mind, but that's how the world works. We try this, doesn't work. We try this, doesn't work. We keep on going we, until we finally find something that does work, right? That's how it works in Ruchnius, and Gashmius, and learning and Shidduchim and Parnasa. right? That's how the world works. We do what we can, and Gosh Baruch Hu takes care of the rest. Right? And it's a shame with that proper mindset of so Vizoha we'll to have the proper Amuna and see that in everything that we do, right? Have a great Shabbos.